now giving our way to Cruzanne McCallaghan for tonight's Savvy Earth Saver. She's going to talk about singing in the brain. Hello, Savvy Earth Savers, and welcome back to the show. You may have heard about singing in the rain, but have you ever heard about singing in the brain? Neuroscientists have identified a population of neurons in the human brain that respond to singing, but not to other types of music. For the first time, MIT neuroscientists have identified this population, and these are neurons that light up when we hear singing. These neurons are found in the auditory cortex, and they appear to respond to the specific combination of voice and music, but not to either regular speech or instrumental music. Exactly what they are doing is unknown, and it will require some more work to uncover. The work provides evidence for the relatively fine-grained segregation of function within our auditory cortex in a way that aligns with the intuitive distinction within music. The work builds on a 2015 study in which the same research team used functional magnetic resonance imaging, or fMRI, to identify a population of neurons in the brain's auditory cortex that responds specifically to music. In the new work, the researchers used recordings of electrical activity taken at the surface of the brain, which gave them much more precise information. There's one population of neurons that responds to singing, and then very nearby is another population of neurons that responds broadly to lots of music. They're so close, you can't disentangle them, but with intracranial recordings, we get additional resolution, and that's what has allowed them to pick them apart. In their 2015 study, the researchers used fMRI to scan the brains of participants as they listened to a collection of 165 sounds, including different types of speech and music, as well as everyday sounds such as finger tapping or a dog barking. For that study, the researchers devised a novel method of analyzing the data, which allowed them to identify six neural populations with different response patterns, including the music selective population and another population that responds selectively to speech. In the new study, the researchers hoped to obtain higher resolution data using a technique called electrocorticography, which allows electrical activity to be recorded by electrodes placed inside the skull. This offers a much more precise picture of electrical activity in the brain compared to fMRI, which measures blood flow in the brain as a proxy of neuron activity. Now, with most of the methods in human cognitive neuroscience, you can't see the neural representations. Most of the kinds of data that we can collect can tell us that there's, here's a piece of a brain that does something, but it's pretty limited in the way that we look at it. So we want to know what's represented. Now, electrocorticography cannot be typically performed in humans because it's a really invasive procedure, but it's often used to monitor patients with epilepsy who are about to undergo surgery to treat their seizures. So patients are monitored over several days so that doctors can determine where their seizures are originating before operating. During that time, if patients agree, they can participate in these kinds of studies that involve measuring their brain activity while performing certain tasks. And for this study, the MIT team was able to gather data from 15 participants over several years. For those participants, the researchers played the same set of 165 sounds that they used in the earlier study. And the location of each patient's electrodes was determined by their surgeons, so some did not pick up any responses to auditory input, but many did. It was really interesting that this neural response pattern popped out only responding to singing. It was a finding they really didn't expect, so it really justified the whole approach of what they were doing. Song-specific neurons had a very weak 
response to either speech or instrumental music and therefore is distinct from the music and speech-selected populations that they've previously looked at. Now, in the second part of their study, the researchers devised a mathematical method to combine the data from the intracranial recordings with the other data from their 2015 study. Now, because fMRI can cover a much larger portion of the brain, this allowed them to determine more precisely the locations of neural populations that respond to singing. The song-specific hotspot they found is located at the top of the temporal lobe, near regions that are selective for language and music. And that location suggests that the song-specific population of neurons may be responding to features such as the perceived pitch or the interaction between words and perceived pitch before sending information to other parts of the brain for further processing. So this is really interesting. Researchers are now hoping to learn more about what aspects of singing drive the responses of these neurons and they're working with all these different amazing professors at MIT to study whether infants have music selective areas in the hopes of understanding more about when and how these brain regions develop which is very interesting to think about if you've ever had to rock a baby to sleep and sing at a hundred lullabies we're now understanding why that might have the effect it has on children to sing to young children and how that helps their brains develop it's super interesting it's amazing what scientists can do anyway until next time bye bye Big thank you once again to Chrisanne McCallaghan. Join her every Monday for Savvy Earth Savers. Everything we need to know about Mother Nature and sustainability. Common Room with Alison Howe. Common Room.